there is no opportunity cost great enough for you to exchange that memory. It is etched in stone and is etched in your spirit. That's what makes it priceless. And I'm here for all of it because some things you cannot put a price on. I mean, the warm embrace of a longtime friend, the handshake of a stranger who shares your alma mater or a fraternity brother you see after 15 years who still calls you by your nickname. All these are priceless. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway. And this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, a.k.a. Mr. Christian Finance, the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. And my mom's favorite Christian Financial Advisor As always make sure that you subscribe so you're notified every time that we release new episodes. And be sure to like and comment on this episode. It really helps the podcast so we can continue to make great episodes for you. Now, how much would you pay for a memory that will last a lifetime? Some people may say it's priceless, but we live in the real world. And sometimes the memories that we can possibly create are restricted by the amount of income we currently have. Now, usually, when we think of memories, we think of croissants and te en Paris. We think of margaritas in Mexico and char-grilled oysters in New Orleans or café and beignets in the French Quarter. But daily, we also exchange our money for memories and not just in these special cases. Daily, we are deciding if we order the crab boil or the po' boy. We decide to eat across town or maybe we should eat in a nearby town. We decide if we're going to celebrate a birthday at home or go out. But how much are these memories really worth? I have the pleasure of attending the Bayou Classic, a historic rivalry between my alma mater, Grambling State University and Southern University. And there is a price to pay to having such a memory of attending a football rivalry in the middle of Caesar Superdome deep in the swamps of the Bayou. But that memory is also priceless. So today I want to talk about how to price out memories so you don't overpay for the time of your life. So let's go back to my original comment. There is no such thing as a priceless memory unless that memory is free and no resources were used, which is very rare, including monetary and non-monetary resources. On a recent episode, I explained the ripple effect where the decisions we make, whether financial or non-financial, affect everyone involved. And I emphasize the point that decisions don't happen in a vacuum. Some may be familiar with the butterfly effect, where the wind from the wings of a butterfly can cause a tsunami on the other side of the world. See, finances are no different. When you travel, you have to pay for hotels, you have to pay for gas, you have to pay for parking, event tickets, 
taxis, Ubers, dining, clothes, souvenirs, and time. Now, you may buy more or less, but you get the idea. Now, I don't want you to get scared. I know what you're thinking. A, B, I know you're not asking me to limit how much I spend on a vacation. Well, no, not exactly. I'm asking you to be aware and factor in the opportunity cost. Remember, for every restaurant that you visit, where else could you have went? For every hotel you could have purchased, what were the other hotels in the area that may or may not be within walking distance to your venue? For every parking space, is it covered or not in case it rains? Do they have security guards? Now, don't get me wrong. Overanalysis can cause paralysis. But having a checklist of some things that are non-negotiable will help you out here. Now, planning the vacation has so many variables that trying to plan for each one can cause a little bit of anxiety. And that's probably why you're listening, because you probably get anxiety when you do plan for your vacations. And it's frustrating, but we're going to help you out. So this process is not to eliminate all variables, but it's to reduce the variables so you can have a higher probability of having a successful trip. Okay, now I love planning trips because it's just like creating financial plans. Even if you cover all the variables, God loves to throw you a curveball. It says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, that a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps so we can plan all day but god has his plans and he will establish our steps for what's going to occur on this trip now it is our job to prepare for those margins of error for those variables so when you're creating your vacation plans you have to leave this margin of error you need to leave space for naps and and recovery because i mean as excited as we are we're like batteries we need time to recharge after so much excitement and all the experiences that you're going to have especially traveling you know if you're traveling to a foreign country or you're going across the country that can take a toll on your body and you need to recover so if day one you're already planning something at six o'clock in the morning that may not be the best plan so before you begin you need to figure out what type of wealth languages you have now what does wealth languages has to do with anything about a vacation well if you don't know the type of people that you're going with, you are going to butt heads because no matter what activity or experience that you have, each person is going to see it from a different viewpoint. And I'm going to break down these viewpoints so you can recognize it in the people that you go on vacation with. So here are my top three tips on how to create a vacation plan the whole family can enjoy. So number one, we need to figure out what are the wealth languages of those going with you. I did a webinar called Wealth Languages where I break down the four types of people and how they see wealth and money. Now, everyone spends money differently and depending on how they spend, this will determine how much they like or don't like an event. For example, if one person loves to, I don't know, love living on the edge and doesn't care if they go into debt to watch a sunset in Bora Bora, and the other person wants to get out of debt before going on any trips. These people are constantly going to argue over what to do on vacation if they even decide to go at all. They may not even make it past the planning stage. Now, 
If you missed the webinar, I'm going to go over these four types very quickly for you because I want you to figure out which one you are and try to listen to see if there are other types that you recognize. So the first one is stability. The second is future. Third is moments. And fourth is opportunities. I'm gonna say that one more time. Stability, future, moments, and opportunities. I'm going to go to each one of these. So if you missed it, don't worry. You're gonna have another chance to write it down. But stability is when you like to make sure that the lifestyle that you live is taken care of right now. They make sure there is enough money for bills and living expenses. Now, as long as they can have their basic needs met, they're happy. And they become stressed when it is threatened by emergencies or unexpected events. So if you have somebody who lives on the edge and you are a stable person, I want to say stable, if your mentality is one that approaches financial situations with stability, right? That is your wealth language. Then you don't like unexpected events. So if somebody in the group just pops up, says, wow, look at that museum. Let's go there. That causes anxiety for you. And once again, you're going to butt heads. You're going to think about how much is it going to cost? Did I have enough in my budget? Will this jeopardize my bills for next month? Do I have an emergency fund for situations like this? All these questions are going to go through your head and it's going to be hard for you to enjoy the event, even if you are reluctant and still go. So the future is the next one. This is similar to stability, as in it's seeking comfort that the basic needs are met, right? But this wealth language focuses on the future. So they're willing to sacrifice immediate satisfaction for the security of knowing their future goals are met. Now, that's to say that they can retire debt free. They can pay for their kids education. They can buy a larger house or move to another state. These individuals understand that sacrifices need to be made but they still look for stability. It's just that stability is more sustained. It's not just the now, but it's now and then. Okay. Also, let's move on to moments. This is going to be our third wealth language. Now, this wealth language are those who are trying to create this experience, right? They know that we can't take these assets with us. So they try to make the most of everything that they have. They're the ones with the elaborate birthday parties, with the balloons going up the steps, the themed Christmas gatherings where everyone's wearing the same clothes and trips to Disneyland where everybody's wearing the same hat and t-shirt. They want to use their money to live their best life now because they are trying to create all these moments as an accumulation and validation that they were here in this life and they've enjoyed it. These are the people who kind of walk around the wedding and say, are you having fun? You know, how do you love it? Don't you just love the scenery? Isn't this a beautiful moment, right? They use language such as that. Next is opportunity. Now, this wealth language is for the risk takers. They are willing to give up the security of right now for hopes of something greater in the future. They are the dreamers and tend to take on more risk than the average person but they also have greater rewards. The saying is you don't get rewarded for the risk that you don't take. And even though they have more benefits, they're the ones that are kind of on social media, displaying their vacations, talking about the hottest stock. These are the people who talked about FTX. Oh, they're so great. Cryptocurrency is so great. You got to get into it. You got to be a crypto millionaire and you're going to be a crypto billionaire. And come on, just invest your money and don't worry about it. You're going to make it back, right? 
this is the verbiage that they use. It's this optimism about the future that may or may not be practical or pragmatic for that matter, right? And these individuals can also experience great losses, but that's fine for them because why? They're the risk takers. So which one of these did you fall under? Did you relate more to the person who cherishes stability or the person who cherishes the future stability? Did you relate to the person who likes to create moments or are you the risk taker? Now, let me ask you another question. Did you recognize some of your friends and family in some of these? Some people that you went on recent trips with, which category do they fall under? And don't just think about the good trips. What about the bad trips? Did you go with somebody who maybe had a different wealth language than you? Did you travel with somebody who had the same wealth language as you? And how did that work out? Because different combinations may or may not have fun together. But I bet you never thought of this before, have you? Now, remember, these kind of types are not in these neat little boxes. You think the same way all the time, right? Because when we think about marriage, somebody may think of opportunity. Like I am willing to risk my 20s and 30s to spend the rest of my life with that person. That is a risk taker, right? Somebody else may be in the moment and say, listen, it's my 40th birthday. I've never celebrated before, but I do want to create this moment, right? So we have to understand that this is more of a sliding scale. So sometimes we're willing to spend tons of money on events that we personally enjoy. And for others that don't have any significance in our lives that don't involve us, we don't want to spend anything. But the goal here is not to put everybody in a neat little box, but it's to recognize how do we approach each situation in each vacation and make those adjustments based on who's going, including yourself. So if you don't like to spend without your bills being taken care of, you need to voice that. You want to make sure that you save more money and build a travel fund to protect yourself from that. Right. So I went a little further than I wanted to, but I think this is the most important out of the three steps. So the next is to you have to allow opportunities for parties to have some alone time. I'm going to say that again. You have to allow opportunities for parties to have some alone time. You know, no one wants to be drugged around town and forced to do things they don't enjoy. When people have some alone time, it gives them some autonomy. Sometimes it could be as simple as a nap, a walk around town, or seeing the show that wasn't on anybody else's schedule, but they found it interesting. You know, you can always meet up later. Everybody doesn't need 24 hours of your time. Three. You want to leave a 20% margin for incidentals and change of plans. I mean, things happen. Situations change. The weather may change and new ideas can seem to spring out of nowhere. Leaving a margin of error will make sure that you are financially prepared. So let's just say that you plan to spend $300 for food. You know, just make sure that you save up $360. I mean, you never know if you need a bottle of water or Try that coffee and beignet from Café du Monde in the French quarters. Now, here's a bonus tip. I want you to ask everyone after the planning, what would you have to do or buy or experience on this trip to make it worth it? And if you're not going with anybody, you can ask yourself. But this will give everyone a chance to figure out if this trip is worth the memory. 
If someone is going to invest their money, they need to get a return on that investment. You know, it's unfortunate that a lot of discrepancies on what people should do and how much they should spend occur during the vacation when people should be focusing on having fun and creating the memory and not the money that goes into it. Now, the saddest part of spending a lot of money for a vacation is not getting anything out of it. You know, sometimes we could spend thousands and thousands of dollars only to get back home and wish we never left, then spend the next two weeks trying to put on a smile, trying to convince ourselves it wasn't a waste of time. There is actually a psychological term called regret avoidance bias. And this occurs when a person wastes time, energy, or money in order to avoid feeling regret over an initial decision that can exceed the value of the initial investment. So we find ourselves spending money on t-shirts and pictures and souvenirs, trying to convince ourselves that we're having fun. That is why it's important to decide what would make this trip worth it. And if you want to be super safe, you know, make sure you have a plan B or at least a percentage of success. Meaning if you do 75% of what you plan to do, you'd be okay right? You don't have to do everything on the list, <laughs> right? I mean, unless your list is short, like, hey, I just want to go have some ice cream. Like you can't do 75% of ice cream. You can't just kind of walk into the door order and then just walk out <laughs> right? and call it a successful trip. So, but back to my trip uh, to the Bayou Classic, and I'm going to explain a few things about my trip and why it was so special. And maybe you can relate this to your situation or your future trips, or maybe even your past trip. So, for me, I went to Grambling State University. I love Grambling State University. That's my alma mater. And I've learned so much from going there. So when I went on my trip to the Bayou Classic between the two football games in New Orleans, I understood that whenever you're surrounded by people who share a common history, right, that's related to you in some form or fashion, it can create this beautiful situation where you're relating to thousands after a time where it feels like you don't relate to anyone, right? I think a lot of us listening have maybe a handful of friends, maybe five, maybe six, maybe two very close friends that we have, right? That are aligned with our values. But when we go to these football games, there are thousands of people who share our similar experiences, our similar teachers, our environment, right? And that builds community and that can be a wonderful feeling so for for everyone listening we know how much our colleges mean to us and during this football game obviously someone has to win and someone has to lose but as a Gremlinite, in victory and in defeat our loyalty to our colleges still remains strong and it is in our defeats that we learn the greatest lessons so during this annual football game Bayou Classic, as I mentioned earlier, we lost. And I kind of want to share some of the lessons that I learned. The first is that in defeat, those who stick with you truly love you. You know, even in the NFL and other sports, you see people who are bandwagon jumpers, right? So if the Golden State Warriors win a championship, they're a Golden State Warrior fan. If Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, they're a Buccaneer fan. If the Patriots win, they're a Patriots fan. You get the idea here. But with Gramlin, whether we win or lose, we will always love our school. And when you see people like that, 
after a loss, who still love each other, who still care about each other, who are still supportive of the school that brought them so much, you know the love is strong. Number two, the memories of those you used to fight with will never fade. You know, when the school plays that fight song, the memories overwhelm me sometimes. The ideas of feeling the anxiety and the pressure of representing a whole institute on that basketball court or maybe even academically at a scholastic bowl that runs through my veins. You know, those memories never fade of the people that you went to war with. And that is why I appreciate veterans so much, because there is a camaraderie, there is a dedication and there is an honor amongst men that can't be broken when you fight that hard. Win, lose or draw the person next to you, you know they have your back and you have theirs. And three, defeat is bitter and victory is sweet. But nothing tastes better than knowing you have people with you who are willing to fight another day. Gremlin has a long history of excellence. From Eddie G. Robinson, Willis Reed, Larry Wright, and Doug Williams, who was the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And everyone else who graduated from Gremlin State University has that same fighting spirit. You know, whether we lose or not, that is not the point because we are going to get up and we are going to fight another day. See me, I've lost a lot. You know, when you live, you're going to lose. At some point, everyone can't win at everything. But the mentality that I learned at Gramlin State University is that success is not in the victory, but is in the constant attempt to achieve your purpose. It is the ability to continue to push even when the world wants to tell you no, because you know your purpose is rooted in God's purpose for you and nothing's going to stop you. No devil, no temptation, nothing is going to stop you. And I learned that from Gramlin State University. So I value the relationships that I built. So I'm going to say this. Those memories are not priceless. Going to the Superdome is not priceless. Trust me, you have to pay. You know, going to college is not priceless. You're going to have to pay tuition. You're going to have to pay for books. You're going to have to pay for your flights back and forth to California or whatever state that you're from. There is going to be a price. But when it comes to those memories, there is not one price that I will be willing to accept to exchange those memories for. And that's what makes those priceless. That is the difference between priceless and priceless. So we need to get that confusion out of our heads here. When something is priceless, that means that it's free. Creating memories are not priceless. Sometimes you need time. Sometimes you need money. As I said before, monetary and non-monetary. We've spoken on the show again about opportunity costs. And I talked about it earlier. For every hotel, there's another hotel. But when you're talking about priceless memories, there is no opportunity cost great enough for you to exchange that memory. It is etched in stone and is etched in your spirit. That's what makes it priceless. And I'm here for all of it. Because some things you cannot put a price on. I mean, the warm embrace of a longtime friend, the handshake of a stranger who shares your alma mater, or a fraternity brother you see after 15 years who still calls you by your nickname. All these are priceless. So the key takeaway today is I want you to plan it out. 
And don't just plan out the logistics, but communicate with everyone involved. I have equipped you with the proper mentality when approaching these events. And all you have to do is use it. Because why would you want to throw money away and spend money on things that don't contribute to your memories? Why do that when you can create a memory that can last a lifetime? So I hope that you've been blessed. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, to comment, and to share. Also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash podcast and join our family. And as a thank you, we will send you a free gift. If you need help building your financial plan or want a Christian financial advisor to help you be a better steward of God's wealth, information to speak with us will be given right after the show. So, I am A.B. Ridgeway, Mr. Christian Finance himself, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnestine podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.